I heard a stat that 90% of legal services are going to be delivered online in the next 10 years. And that is huge. That is transformative to the way that we are doing business right now. And so I think as a result of that, we're going to see a lot of systems changes, uh, but also pricing model changes. And lawyers are going to start to think about how can they price their services in ways that are actually a little bit more akin to how other, other industries do. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Answering Legal's Everything Except the Law podcast. I am your host, Nick Worker. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the podcast where we share expert advice on all the parts of running a law firm that attorneys weren't exactly trained for back in law school. Now, I first met our guest today when she appeared on a panel at our law firm's summer reboot camp last July, so it was a long time ago. She did a terrific job, and we knew we had to have her back on this podcast for a more extensive conversation. She's the founder of Gavel, an automation infrastructure for the legal industry, which was named Best Technology by the American Legal Technology Awards last year. Dorna Moini, welcome to Everything Except the Law. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to, to be here and to, to meet with you again, chat with all your listeners. Um, so for you, what are the most interesting legal tech storylines to follow in 2024? Like, what do you think is going to dominate this year? Is it going to be AI again in the headlines? Or could we see some other hot topics emerging in the legal tech world? Definitely. So I think that we have not heard, to start with, we haven't heard the end of AI yet. Uh, and nor, nor do I think we will be in the near future. It's constantly developing. There's so many new general purpose and then also fine-tuned models that are coming out. So that's one thing to obviously watch, but I'm sure all of your all of your speakers are talking about that. So I'll dive into another topic that's a, that's a little bit different. Um, the other thing that I'm seeing a lot of in the field, and this is probably because of the work that I do every day, is legal productization. We see so many more lawyers on a daily basis building legal technology products that they're serving to their clients in new and different ways. So think about things like if the term legal productization isn't isn't clear to you or to your listeners yet, uh, it is turning legal services into legal products. And usually that comes in the form of something sort of like TurboTax or LegalZoom, but for your area of law where you turn those into, into products that you can sell to customers and then scale up your practice. So I've been hearing more about this, but can you give me an example of a service that you can turn into like a product that a, that a lawyer can sort of say like, oh, I get it. Um, I can turn my service into that sort of product. Yeah, definitely. So as you know, at Gavel, we are a, a legal product builder and that's one of the functionalities, one of the big functionalities that we have. And so we see a lot of these and they really range from tools like divorce tools. So for example, things like um, Hello Divorce built on Gavel, um, Landlord Legal, which is an eviction defense, uh, sorry, that's a, a, a landlord tenant tool for residential landlords to be able to generate leases on a regular basis, to things like Just Tech, which is a data breach platform. They help you within the entire process around that. Really any area that is rules-based or process-oriented that you think you could take someone through a guided flow through to generate the documents they need or the work product they need, can be turned into a legal product. Um, the other thing I love about this is that you don't necessarily have to price it on DIY flat fee models. 
you can price them on models that are hybrid, where you have some technology taking part of the process, but then you also have the human in the loop uh, assisting and providing additional additional feedback. We've been talking about like for years that law is finally going to go in a different direction. There's going to be more self-service. There's going to be more access to justice because lawyers aren't going to be able to bill the same way that they, they have been. So my next question was going to be, how can lawyers be smarter about the way that they use technology? But how can lawyers use a tool like yours to like, how do they actually begin the process of turning their services into a product? And then like, what, what does that look like for their business? Yeah. So maybe I'll answer this question by actually telling you a little bit about my origin story, because before I started Gavel, which is this platform for building legal products, I actually built my own legal technology tool in the area of domestic violence. So I was a, I practiced law for almost a decade, then wanted to build a very specific tool for domestic violence survivors. And so my process, which is sort of the question that you've asked, like my process for a, attacking that and building that tool was to first just sit down and like any lawyer, open up Microsoft Word and think and jot down the notes. I would not recommend Microsoft Word as the tech tool to use, but uh, I that was my preferred tool. So I just sat down in Microsoft Word and I started jotting down notes. Like, what is all the information that I need from my clients? What, what is the logic by which I, when I sit in front of a client, decide what question to ask them next? And how do I determine where that information goes inside of the many documents that I need to generate for them? So the first thing is really that like mapping process of figuring out what you're trying to build. Another thing that I often tell our customers is to start with a really, really big idea, but then meaning, meaning think big in terms of what you want to actually accomplish, but start with something small. So let's say you wanted to automate all of family law but maybe you start with domestic violence to start with and you start in a specific state in a specific county. And then with that, you modify, modify, modify based on customer feedback that you're getting all the time. Um, and there are really, you know, when I was, when I started this, when I started the platform that I was building in that specific practice area, there were no out of the box, off the shelf tools like Gavel. Uh, everything was really code heavy and hard to use. And so I, I then had to find an engineer. But for those of us living in today's world, even you know, a few years after I started that technology has moved at a really rapid pace. So there's lots of subscription tools that are pretty affordable that you can use to get these up and running. I am always surprised at how affordable subscription tools are because I think, and listen, I, I've never been a lawyer. I don't pretend to be a lawyer. I've never bought a legal product, um, but I do, I work with other legal tech companies in the space. And I think lawyers are so apprehensive to try things because I think before like 10 to 12 years ago, the things that lawyers had to buy in order to do their jobs were like insanely overpriced. And admittedly, I think, I think most lawyers will admit this. They're not the best business people in the world. So they see a tool that they know that they can use and they say, well, it's priced at this. I must need it. And it must be worth this. Um, so I always find it so super surprised. Like it's, we're talking less than hundreds of dollars a month for each of these tools. And, uh, I just find that shocking for most of the time. Lawyers are like, Oh, I, I can't try that out. That's going to be like my whole practice management tool. That's going to be thousands of dollars. I'm not going to be able to No, it's really affordable. And, yeah. and you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because you can make more money being more efficient. 
tangent aside. When you think about the time that you bill average lawyers rate, I think right now is $400 uh, and obviously much more in major metropolitan areas. So if you can even save an hour of your time, that's really a pretty clear decision. Absolutely. Um, so I want to ask you, because I think lawyers, again, over the past, I, I would say since since COVID, right, we, they were sort of forced to use technology, we were forced to go remote. Um, and so a lot of the stuff that they used in order to make their practices run better was a lot of collaboration tools. But it was also because you can't like physically hand something to a coworker. So they kind of got forced into it, but they really did a good job of adopting it. I keep saying they lawyers. So how can lawyers be even smarter about the way that they use technology in 2024 and into the future? And and do you have any sort of things that you see the more successful attorneys doing that listeners can sort of take and, and gain more of an advantage? Yeah, I would say the one thing, if, I'm, if I was going to mention one thing, it's making sure that the systems that you're working with are speaking to each other because that is going to save you a ton of time. So for example, if you're not, if you're a lawyer and you're not already familiar with something like Zap, Zapier or there are some equivalent tools, but Zap, Zapier, if you're, if you're not already familiar with Zapier, Zapier is basically a connector tool. So it connects different tools to each other and you can add actions and triggers that cause, for example, an entry in your practice management system to trigger a set of documents to generate in your document automation system. Um, if you're not already familiar with that, that's something I definitely start getting into and exploring. Also wanting to make sure that the tools that you have play nicely with the other tools that you have, uh, that is going to save you a lot of time. Um, so one of the things that we do at Gavel is we actually oftentimes tell people to pull some of their client intake into our platform because one of the, the main things that you're doing as an attorney is generating work product and you can do that on Gavel. So if you're pulling your client intake and your document automation into one system, then that really, that really streamlines the entire process. You're making my life so easy right now because everything you're saying, I can have a perfect tangent into. So <laughs> I love this. I want to build off of that and say, Obviously, I, I want to take a deep dive into Gavel and what Gavel can offer um, to attorneys, but I want to talk about automation because you say that you want these systems to talk to each other. What what can that do for, for an attorney, like a solo practitioner or a small practice? What are some of the biggest benefits that, that lawyers can see from having these things talk to each other? And what does that automation really look like from start to finish? Yeah, so I, I'll give you a little anecdote. I was talking to... Uh, the state planning attorney, we actually did a case study on her a uh, few, like two months ago. She went from being at a mid-sized firm where she had a ton of support, you know, associates, word processing team, everything that you could want to, to hanging her own shingle and starting her own firm. And she found that through the use of technology and through the use of systems that talk to each other and where you can do everything in one and you don't have to do multiple data entry, she was able to really replicate a lot of the support that she had at the mid-sized firm, but now running her own firm and also wanting to have a life outside of that, but beyond uh, being inside of systems. So what that practically looks like is everything from the first entry point and touch point that you have with your customer. So whether that is having a conversation with them, one of the things we see oftentimes you're explaining the same exact thing to a client, to different clients over and over again. 
Um, for example, you might be explaining to every single client that this is the difference between an uncontested divorce and a contested divorce, as an example. So why not create a video of that instead of repeating that every single time and putting that in front of your client through the client intake process so that they watch you know, your one minute video, then they go to the next step they, and then they answer client intake questions. Because after that initial conversation, uh, you want them to give them all, give you all your, all their information. So then they enter all the information in the client intake system. Then that might go over to whatever you're, wherever you're going to use that, that information next. So maybe you're reviewing that information and wanting to, to, to double check it and change things. Then going into documents, typically the next stage of the process, reviewing those documents, potentially pushing those documents or that information into practice management, into your practice management system or into Google Google Docs or Google Files or Dropbox or whatever that might be. Uh, you And you want all of this to be happening automatically as opposed to you having to push a button for every single one of those stages. And then finally, uh, payment. So being able to put payment inside of those, those methods. And especially if you have a practice area that is maybe a little bit more rules-based or you have stages of the, fa- of, of the case, you don't necessarily need an entire billing system that is outside of those phases, those phases of the case, especially if you're going to try to try to productize on a legal, uh, build a legal product. So that entire process becomes something that you are involved providing your knowledge exactly when you need to be. And in all other times you have systems that are operating and running for you, just like your non billable staff was able to do at uh, a larger, well, a larger firm. I'm going to get stereotypical here for a second and say that I'm one of those men that I hate asking for help. And so whenever I get a new tool, I will spend probably a disproportionate amount of time trying to figure out how to use that tool without like, I don't want to hit up support. I don't want to do the live chat. I don't want to do this, but I recently got this platform. I don't even remember the name of it, but somebody recommended it to me. It might have been you. It might have been during the uh, the the live show that we had in July. But it's this video platform, and you basically you put your video on there, and you can like type in what you want the screen to say based on. So it just lays out a transcript, and then you enter a, a video onto the transcript using the text. I would never have been able to figure this out except for the fact that they just play a video walkthrough when you open it up and it teaches you instantly. Never had to hit up support. I just make videos for me. And I know that this is true of customers because I've done things like this. I know that what you're saying is true. I want to be a little bit educated before I go to have a conversation with somebody. So I, I like anecdotes too. I'm buying currently a, um, I shouldn't say buying, I'm hiring a video company to shoot customer testimonials. And the person that I went to go hire sent me this loom video of his process and the like standard procedure that they go through for shooting a customer testimonial. Here are our questions. He laid everything out for me. And at the end was a, like a, a scope of work. I don't know how he did it. It was interactive, very cool tool. Um, but when I got on a phone call with him, I didn't really have any more questions. It was sort of, how do we iron this out? Um, I understand your process. Here's how I think we fit in. Here's what I can provide to you makes the conversation go so much easier and it doesn't use up that much more of your time. So as an attorney, I can see, you know, somebody who doesn't understand anything about divorce. This is a very heavy topic. And, uh, and all of a sudden they know like, Oh, maybe I do 
Maybe I can get an uncontested divorce. Maybe I need a contested divorce, so on and so forth. I won't get into the nitty gritty of law because I know nothing. We will be right back after this short ad. Answering Legal has been pivotal in the success of our law firm. I'm a mom. Between four and seven, I'm with my kids. What has been phenomenal is Answering Legal has allowed me to do that because they are picking up calls during that time, so I don't miss a beat. My name is Caitlin Norris, and I am the CEO and co-owner of Hagen Norris PLC Truck Wreck and Brain Injury Lawyers. Our law firm was specially designed to be made up of moms and to help moms. How have we been able to grow so rapidly over 400% in two years? The reason is, is they allowed us to scale up and have the equivalent of what would probably be 10 staff members answering phones. They did it for us. And so that allowed us to use those resources in other ways in our law firm and scale very rapidly. I would absolutely recommend answering legal to other attorneys that are operating remotely. That's really allowed me to have the balance that I need to be a mom and also to be a successful business owner. We mentioned AI earlier. How is AI technology utilized within Gavel? Like how can attorneys use the AI? What what can they do with it? Yes, so uh, great question. And one of the things that I sort of like to remind people of when we talk about AI is that AI is actually a really old term. And in the 50s, what AI referred to was rules-based expert systems, which is exactly what we've always allowed people to build with Gavel. Now, uh, when we talk about AI, I know we're talking sort of about the generative AI boom that has happened in the past year and the really leaps forward that we've made with large language models and the ability to construct construct text, which is critical to lawyers because we deal in the sale of, uh, of words and our and our words. And what the one of the ways that we use we use AI in our platform is as part of the onboarding process. So when lawyers are coming to our platform, they usually have a set of perfect work product or a set of templates that they want to automate inside of Gavel. And previously you would go in, create questions, connect them to all of your documents. You can still do it in that way if you prefer, but we now have a feature that we call Gavel Blueprint. And what Gavel Blueprint does is you can load all of your documents into the system and we will suggest a workflow for you. And then you can accept or reject all of the rules that we've stated should should happen throughout that workflow. Uh, and one of the and really there's two main reasons why that's important and critical as attorneys in the legal field are embarking on this journey of interacting with AI. One is that it's understandable because you know exactly what data you put into the system. It's in a silo. It's only going to take from that information. It's not going to be muddied with with outside information. Second is it's controllable. So as an attorney or as a legal professional, you are able to accept or reject every single rule that the system puts inside of uh, inside of that workflow. So understandable and controllable. And also, uh, I guess the third bonus extra credit would be uh, that I didn't mention earlier is uh, security. So we don't use any of the data to, to share. None of your client data is being shared with uh, our, our AI systems. It's not being shared to uh, better other other um, attorneys workflows. So um, all of your client data stays intact and safe. I'm really glad that you're an anecdotal person because I tell, if you ask me a question, I tell you a story. It's really, <laughs> I can't tell if it's an annoying, an annoying trait. Um, nobody has really like smacked me about it so far in my life. So I'm going to ask you, do you have any 
like customer stories that can sort of lay out what that process would look like? Or can you give us an idea of start to finish? I'm a, I'm a lawyer. Give me an example of, of how I can input those documents and then you lay out a workflow for me. Definitely. So one of the areas that we see a lot of clients in is estate planning. A lot of customers I always have to remind myself when you sell software, it's customers. And then our, our client, our customers have clients. So if I use those terms, that's how I'm using them. So one of the areas that we have a lot of customers in is estate planning. And so what our the lawyers are doing is they're coming onto the platform and they have a set of documents that they want to automate as part of that process. That could be the will, the power of attorney, the trust, the healthcare directive, any accompanying documents, documents for the spouse. And they need to build those out into rules inside of Gavel. So what, what they can do is they will come onto Gavel, they'll load all of those templates into the system. And then they go, they press next, goes to the next screen. And what it'll show you is a sample workflow. So what the AI has done is we've looked through that document and we've seen where are all the fields? What are all the variable things that might change from client to client? And we'll give you suggestions. So we'll say, okay, we see, you know, an obvious one would be like, the client name should go in through all these and through, through all these places. Their spouse's name should go through all these places. So why don't we create a question for what's the client's name? Why don't we create a question for what's the spouse's name? And then you go to the next stage and you're then able to add additional logic to that. So you might say, if the client is married and they have children, then you might want to include these particular paragraphs inside of that document. Um, and then after that, you're really just launching this, this, uh, this workflow. We call them workflows, or you can call it a legal application. And that can be used to interface with your clients. So as Gavel's customer, you then have your clients who you can put these tools in front of and they can go through that process. Your client, so Jane Doe, who needs an estate plan, can log into Gavel. You can white label as so it doesn't necessarily have to say Gavel. They can enter all their information. They can come back whenever they're ready to add more information. They can do it at multiple stages. And then they can send it back over to you and you, with a click of a button, are able to generate those, those documents for them, review, and send them on their way. I don't care what year it is. Technology is still so cool. Um, and so for me, doing this podcast, we're doing this podcast now like three years or maybe since COVID. I don't even know. I don't know what year it is. Um, but the thing that we always talk about with like legal experts or, or coaches is setting up processes for your law firm. And by having a process, you can hire and you can also use technology, but every single time you can assure quality, you can ensure that you're not missing anything. You can ensure your business is running. You have a plan for how to take care of the customer. So a lot of what we've been talking about is like, how do I set up a process? How do I, how do I send this stuff? So to have it all like just hire gavel, upload a bunch of things, and then you already get examples, right? And maybe you don't like per perfectly the example in gavel, but you get a good idea of how you're going to set up your customer journey. To me, again, I guess it's 2024 and like I, I grew up where my friends make fun of me. I have a rotary phone over here oh and I do, I remember the rotary phone. My parents had a rotary phone. I don't know if that was just us being outdated and behind the times, but I had one and I remember my dad had the bag phone. He, he was like, a, he was a computer technician, which they didn't have screens, which I still can't imagine. The computers didn't have screens and they just printed out that crazy. I just, 
I love that product. That's so cool. Um, I want I'm, a rotary phone as a, as a design element in my house, actually. <laughs> I don't know where I got this one. Somebody gave it to me and it's teal. But if I, if I have another one laying around, I'll ship it to you. You're going to send it to me. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Um, on the same, because this is, I, I just find this so interesting. What, what more can we expect from Gavel? Like, what are you guys working on? Is there anything new on the horizon? How are you guys helping attorneys sort of um, run their practices better? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'll, I, I guess I'll touch on two things and they really align very well with what you asked, the first question that you asked about um, just what can we see in legal tech in, in, on the horizon? And so, because one of them is in the AI space and the other is in the legal product space. So on the AI front, two big, big changes that we're making or additions that we're making in the near future. On the AI front, we're continuously improving that process because we just launched our first version of that piece uh, in October of last year. So we're continually making changes to really make sure that it's really, really powerful and you can get up to speed as fast as possible. We are also introducing uh, new functionality for PDFs because we Gavel can automate both Microsoft Word documents, but also obviously you can turn those Word documents into PDFs. But in addition to that, you can also automate PDF documents that start as PDF documents. So court forms, government forms, uh, judicial council forms, all of that can be automated inside of Gavel. So we're adding more functionality on the AI side for PDF documents also making the visual elements a lot easier so you can tag those more immediately and your form automation can be quicker. So that's one. And the second thing is on the productization side. So we have a feature that we launched last year called bundles. And what bundles allow you to do is you're able to take different workflows. So going back to an example, let's say you're a divorce lawyer. Divorce process has four steps. You know, first you have your complaint process and you have financial disclosures, and then you have you know the order missing, skipping something in the middle, I think, but you want to compile those into one. Your client's not going to fill those all out at the same time. They're going to do one of them. And then three months later, they're going to do the next. And then three months later, they're going to do the next. So you want to put those into one process so that every time they come back into their gavel portal, they know, oh, this is what I need to do next. So you can, you can already bundle those together. And we have a few different payment models. So you can bundle those on uh, flat fees or on subscription fees but we're introducing new ways for you to price and bill and do that straight out of gavel. So you don't necessarily need to connect a bunch of other payment payment sources to it. Selfish question. So say I'm a lawyer and I'm looking for a tool to help me run my business better. I'm a divorce lawyer. When, when you guys talk to lawyers, what are, what are some of their objections? Like, why wouldn't they want to use a, a product like this? What's what's like the barrier to the sale there? Because I got to tell you, I hear a lot of the things that you're working on, and it makes my life easier. It makes my 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 just my process management easier, my document management easier. Like, I'm curious what somebody's objection to using something like that would be. Yeah. So. One objection that we hear, it's actually less from lawyers than from like other people who just hear about what we're doing. And they're like, is, is, well, why would lawyers want to automate their work? And I think most of us have now figured some of that out. It's the, that legal is becoming a lot more competitive. There is a huge untapped market of people who don't have access to legal services. So like 92% right. of Americans don't have access to legal services, but they are part of your potential clients. So you could actually 
from a selfish perspective as a lawyer, you could generate revenue through those clients because they want services. They just can't pay 400 plus dollars an hour for, mm -hmm. for your services. So if you build legal technology tools, you can ramp them up. But I think a lot of times people come in saying, oh, why would I want to automate? But they don't think about the fact that this actually gives them more opportunity and you're already being, your costs are, your, your pricing is already being pushed down and you're having, your, your margins are being pushed down. So this allows you a new and profitable way to, to practice. So that's one. The second I would say is just the time that it gets, takes to get to building this a, a perfect product. It is like by nature, you spend all this time collecting expertise inside of your brain. And so it is going to take a little bit of time for you to put it into the system. And you're not going to arrive at a system who's, that's always going to that's going to have all the documents you want to automate and the process you want to automate already set up for you. Um, you may some sometimes, but you may not, uh, in, in, especially if you have a more niche area of law. So that's sometimes a hurdle. And that's why we see a lot of our customers who sign up and then they're like, well, I'm not ready yet. So then they, they come back a few times and then finally they January is a big month for us. They set a new resolution and they're like, I'm going to set aside some time to save some time. Uh, and they finally, finally get into it and build it out. And then it really, really does reap rewards once you're set up. Well, there's absolutely nothing like spending a really good week with your family to make you realize if I could work a little bit less then I could enjoy my life a little bit more. So I always think it's like the new year's resolution, but it's always like, I don't know. I just took a, a weekend trip skiing with my wife and like, I don't really want to work that hard anymore. Um, and I heard about this product. So, so what would you say? Like, what do you say to those people who are worried about the onboarding process and, and how long does that normally take? I would say to start something along the lines of what we were talking about earlier, which is think big, start small and iterate rapidly. So start with something that is really bite-sized. And in order to do that, look at your practice and see where you have highly repeatable areas. So things that you're doing on a very frequent basis. A lot of times start, people start with engagement letters. Uh, that's, a, that's a really, really repeatable one. Uh, and it's really simple. But I would also say, in addition to being repeatable, it should be complex enough that you're, gonna, you're actually gonna get a lot of value out of it. If you're just taking a, a letter that you're replacing the name in every single time, it's not gonna save you that much time. You wanna start with something that is a little more complex, has some rules-based logic to it. You're removing and adding paragraphs into it so that you can actually see the benefit. So starting there will allow you to visualize how powerful it can be. Um, and uh, on top of that, we have amazing support. Uh, so you could either talk to, I know you said some people don't like to ask for support. We have really good resources and videos as well, but we do have a really great support team. So if you want someone to help you get onboarded, we can. Um, and then in addition to that, we have people who we call gavel experts. And what they can do is if you really want to do nothing you hand your templates over to them and they will build your entire system for you and they'll hand it back over to you. So there are a lot of options from how low touch or high touch you wanna to be to, to be able to accomplish these, these efficiency goals and these uh, really profitability goals. So I like what you said, just starting with something bite-sized because I'll have lawyers that call us and they're like, I don't wanna answer my phone anymore. You guys answer everything. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, we have a free trial. Second of all, if you send us everything all at once and you don't give us good enough instructions, we're not going to do a good enough job for you. And that's exactly what it is like with, with Gavel. If you don't set up these processes for each individual like service or product that you offer, 
it's just not going to go well. You're going to crash and burn. And I liken it to like hiring a new employee. I wouldn't just go through, like, first of all, you have a vetting process. Second of all, when they get physically, if you hire somebody physically or if, or if they're working remotely, you have to train that person on how to handle these specific tasks. And then they don't just do the same thing over and over again. Like the, the nature of their work will evolve. They'll get more experienced. They can do more and more. So it's, it's like using a company like Gavel. You start small, right? I want to make this one process automated. And then once I finish that process, oh, maybe I can do a more complex one. Oh, maybe I can add in certain things. Maybe I can expand my practice and start taking on different types of cases, so on and so forth, right? And don't listen to me about not getting support. I'm an idiot. Uh, like, I'll talk to people around me and be like, oh, I couldn't get this thing to work. And they're like, did you contact support? Because everybody knows that I didn't contact support. And then inevitably, every single time I contact support, support says uh, either they fix it right then and there, or we'll send you an email in like a half hour and and here's all these documents and we fixed it and we did it for you. So to me, support, like we have a huge support team here. If somebody said to me that, oh, I don't want to contact your support team, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Um, so don't listen to me, get support. <laughs> I just, I guess I'm stubborn. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> so this is for me, again, selfish, because I think you and, and Gavel are on the forefront of like figuring out <laughs> how to take a lawyer's practice and, and just like show them easy ways to do it, even kind of hands off. But what's, what's your boldest prediction for the way that legal tech will sort of evolve over the next couple of years? Like what, what's on the horizon? What should be coming? What, what, what do you think? Yeah. So, um, I guess this is, I heard a stat that 90% of legal services are going to be delivered online in the next 10 years. And that is huge. That is transformative to the way that we are doing business right now. And so I think as a result of that, we're going to see a lot of systems changes, uh, but also pricing model changes. And lawyers are going to start to think about how can they price their services in ways that are actually a little bit more akin to how other, other industries do. Because we've always thought about things in the billable hour. And when I was at a law firm, I thought, that's amazing. Like someone's going to pay... $800 an hour for my time. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And when I left and entered the software world and realized that there was this concept of recurring revenue and you could build systems that, that you spend a lot of time on, but really that continue paying off. And then you need to upkeep to serve, serve people at scale. I think there's going to be a lot more of that happening within the legal field. And it's going to be the, to the benefit of lawyers. I think a lot of times people say automation means the, that lawyers are gone, but when we go back to that 92%, there's, there are all these humans who need legal services and don't have them. It means more lawyers doing more work that they love more in ways that, that really enrich their lives and, uh, and allow them to scale up the, the impact that they have on the universe, really. So I used to not be able to wrap my head around this. Um, and I was anti-recurring revenue, even though the, the company that pays my bills is a recurring revenue. Like if you want a service, you got to pay for it on a monthly basis. And then I thought about it and, and here's what I came to bear with me here is somebody like a, like a criminal defense attorney has a major objection to not billing for time. Um, and maybe they say that they can bill a flat fee, um, for different types, you know, like you get a DUI. Oh, I have a flat fee for a DUI and 
caveat if if I have to go to court more than once because you didn't tell me something, I don't know, uh, <laughs> and I have to go back, then I charge more. But if I have, say, a recurring revenue, right? If I know that it's going to take me X amount of months, I just build that into a monthly payment plan for this person. However many months this takes, I charge $1,000 a month in order to make your DUI go away. If I do it quick, because I want to do it quick, because I don't want to go back to court, because that's prohibitive of, of my time, then you don't have to pay me any more money on a, on a monthly recurring basis. And I used to think that that was nuts, but a lot of people... It, it is powerful, but a lot of people don't have like the lump sum of money that it would take in order to make a problem like that go away. Like a divorce is so expensive. But if I am paying a monthly fee for the duration of, of the of the divorce, and then obviously, you know, you have to find the right person and, and lawyers have ethics codes to abide by. So I'm not really worried about that. But then when you're done, you're done. There's no, oh, that wiped me out completely. Hopefully everybody has a, an income source that they can rely upon. But for the longest, and it's the simplest revelation that I had. I don't know if I sound silly right now, but I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then it made sense. All of a sudden it clicked. Completely. Yeah. It's it's just really a shift in that mentality and that perspective of, of where the costs are happening. And you get more certainty in some of these models. I don't even know how I'm going to end this because I'm just enamored by you and your product. But if our listeners want to learn more about Gavel or you or anything that we talked about, where can they go? Uh, they can go to www.gavel.io. That's our website. You can start a free trial. You can book a demo. We have lots of support. Um, and then we are on all the socials. I also just for any of your listeners who are interested in law and technology, I actually just started a new series on tech for lawyers on social, just like two minute videos that I post a few times a week on new topics in technology. I just posted one today about tech adoption. And they can follow, follow me there at Dorna underscore at underscore gavel. And that's on all, all the different socials, even TikTok, which I don't actually, I didn't actually download. I just automatically post the videos. Dorna, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to check out previous episodes of our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Answer and Legal YouTube channel. Links to everything that we just covered, including Dorna's social, where she talks about stuff that I need to listen to, um, will be found in the description of this episode wherever you're watching it. See you next time, everyone.